When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This show is brought to you in association with Labbooks. Just click the link on the description to the show, sign up and get a free bet up to £50 when you enter the promo code LAD50. Go on, do it. Welcome to Heart and Hand, Rangers podcast, the podcast with more conviction than the SNP front bench. This week on Heart and Hand, for once, Charles Green doesn't get his hand on Rangers money. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the uh, Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host, and I'm joined this week by what feels like forever, but uh, it's actually only been a few weeks. Yes, it's Scott Vandenacker. Hello, good evening, and welcome. You know, Scott, the Johnny Mitchell, um, foghorning 60s nightmare that, of course, you like because you like dreary hippie birds wailing on. Um, but she once sang, You don't know what you've got till it's gone. She did. Um, but I always suspected that you were a big dick. Well, that's true. So, um, she also sang what can only be, I'm sure, a description of uh, a spit roast, and that she sang "I've Seen Love from Both Sides" now. Oh, and uh, I, yeah, I mean, in the sixties, anything goes, mate. Yeah, well, they, they all got up to that back then, didn't they? Yeah, had to in those days, though. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not one that judges people on their looks, as you know, Scott. But Joni Mitchell did always look to me like a kind of special kid that had been sort of battered about the head with. The back of a Rickenbacker. She was all right looking in the sixties and early seventies. Do you think? And, I thought I well, she she looked like the saxophone player from the Muppets House Band. Well, harsh. Um, think about it the other way though. You're a young fella, troubadour, yeah. turn hand, to California, and somebody's willing to do it always for yeah. no apparent reason. <laughs> you would. <laughs> but the thing about your happy birds, and it's still that's true to this day that your happy birds, um, they always, always have fanular areas that you could basically lose a badger in. Yes, I think we're talking David Bellamy's beard. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of which, actually, did you see about that girl that made a loaf out of the yeast from her front bottom? No. Did she by any chance live in Shoreditch? Uh, somewhere around about that. Right, see what you're imagining right now. Go and look this up, by the way, folks. I'm not making this up. Uh, right. she, she decided she would do it. And yes, she looks exactly like you are all picturing right now what she looked like. And she 
said she did. She wrote this blog about it. It was appalling, as you can imagine. And basically, she took the yeast from her um, sort of front Scott Brown area and used a. I can't think of another word for it. A dildo Scott, as the as the young folk would would have it. She used that to. I don't know, give herself a good mashing and then she took the sort of spendings from it and baked it through a loaf and has become a bit of an internet sensation. And you just think to yourself, back in the day, the what you know, what we would have been allowed to do would be to dunk her. And either yes. way, justice would have been served back in by your old laws. And it just makes you think that maybe you know, has progress really helped? Well, I think it's two things. First of all, it gives a whole new twist to the Great British Wank Off. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Take Off. Um, and secondly, why can't we put her to death? I, just, I don't get it. What is the bylaw? I just thought her parents must be so be so pleased. But then I thought they're probably like she's probably Joni Mitchell's. Yeah, you know, probably spendings of a hippie. Exactly. Anyway, uh, enough of this nonsense. We're back and we're going to talk football and we're going to talk a little bit for the first time in the season, probably. Um, about how we are maybe seem to be struggling slightly. We drew at the weekend 1-1 away to Livingston. It was not a very good result and it was certainly not a very good performance. And the last few weeks, it would be childish to suggest any we praise them when they do well and I think it's only fair then to criticise when things aren't going so well constructively. But um, we seem to have lost the zip that we had early season and whereas before our passing game was stretching teams, getting behind them a lot, we now are almost continually passing in front of them and struggling to create many clear-cut opportunities. Scott, what do you think has caused this and uh, what can be done to remedy it? Well, the first thing is, as you know, that from our experience with Cammy Bell, yes. Livingston's a long way away, yep. so there's the flights... Time zones, you know, it's a difficult place to go. Bumpy pitches. Um, I think it's near Kazakhstan, so it's a tough away game. It certainly looks like Kazakhstan. Yeah, uh, has it, well, it's probably Kazakhstan's probably a bit richer. Yeah, true. Ahead of Capita, but so no, I think the three probably most upsetting aspects about the weekend were number one, it's not the first time, as you said, it's been going this way. Ironically, the best we've played for a long time was when we get beat by Hibs. Yeah, that's a good point. That, that was one of these games where we should have pumped them. We really were all over them. Apart from that, we've not been good since September. Secondly, Livingston are appalling. It wasn't to one of the top teams around us. It was a really bad points to drop. They're not good, Libby. And thirdly, a lot of the the points that we've picked out in the pod and other people have been picking out and talking, it was the same sort of things. And that's what I think is fans are starting to get a little bit perturbed about, mm. is that it's the same feelings. And to go through it, give you the short, you know yourself, David, um, we miss far too many chances. We do, we're not clinical. Not at all. The white players do not get on the ball enough in terms of scoring opportunities. And I think, we talked about this a few weeks back, the stats for goals from the likes of Aird, Mackay, Odua, um, you know, uh, Clark, are terrible. Really, anybody who's not called Waghorn has hardly scored a goal this season. Um, basically, Luckily, we don't take pot shots... Yeah, we don't we don't shoot enough. No, um, Waghorn uh, Tavernier until a lesser degree Wallace, and that's pretty much it. Hope starting to weigh in with a few. Yeah. To just pick at a point that you mentioned there, I'd, I'd said before you know we didn't make many chances, and then I said on the other hand, well you know we're not clinical, we miss chances. Yet that's part of the the same issue. When we were playing well, we were making lots of chances, and 
not scoring as many as we should. We said that week after week. We could have had seven or eight, uh, and we were coming away with threes, fours, sometimes fives, but we could have had double that in each of those games because we were making so many chances. The problem is that when you stop making as many chances but you maintain the same percentage conversion ratio, mm-hmm. you're going to struggle. So what's happened is, is from making 15, 20 shots a match and scoring three or four, we're now making six or seven scoring one or none. And when you've only got one goal... Yeah, that that's going to leave you open. Because we don't have a great defence, and there's no point pretending that we have a great defence, and nothing's going to come of it now that John Eustace Steele has finally uh, gone the way of the Betamax and uh, no longer seems to be seems to be happening. Now, it's, it's a tough one because I do think that the manager's done a remarkable job, and it would be childish to say anything other than that. And I'm not, I'm not going to do that. It would be really, really reactionary to, to say anything. I'll leave the reactionary stuff to you. You can, why you're famous for it. But I think that the limitations of the squad, which he did have to build very quickly, he had four weeks between taking over the club uh, from the the day after or the week after the Motherwell defeat to our first match and in that time he assembled a squad from scratch did brilliantly and it's come through to now and now you're beginning to see the limitations of it so what we then need to do is get a couple of players in in January I think that's fairly obvious but we do need I think to it's great the approach that we've got but I'm not a big fan the great line of what's plan B it's plan A better that sounds great but aye very good um, I think that now the manager does need to look at that teams now have figured out that when you're playing us, if we're at our best, we'll probably give them a scudding. But if we're not at our best, they can compete and get something from the match. Now, that takes away the fear factor that we built up and it, it gives teams the confidence to play against us, which makes it a bit more difficult than it would have been beforehand. So we may need to look at changing stuff around for certain matches Livingston were always going to play that way, put in a hard shift against us, closed in space, keep it tight, it's a small pitch, and that's exactly what we did. And we just kept on doing what we've been doing every week, as you say, since the end of September, to less and less effect. Now, if nothing's going to change in terms of personnel, which it can't because we have a limited squad, we do have to look at other ways of maximising what we have at our disposal. Yes, um, no, I'm not just going to stop by saying yes. That would be a shit pod, wouldn't it? It would be kind of dull. Yes. I know you've been away for a couple of weeks, but for fuck's sake, you've got eight, you know, 140 of these before. You should know what to do. I know. So I think there's some things the manager can't do. And let, let, let's look at those first, OK? Defence keep making individual mistakes. Now, you can try and drill them more. And I know there's still a partnership. Well, there's three of them, and they're trying to find two out of the three to work together. But since the season almost began, almost every week somebody's made a shit error. I'm not sure how much the manager can do about about that, if that's the kind of defenders we've got. Secondly, Andy Halliday, who had a really good start to the season, is not playing that well. And again, as you see, there's nobody, there's nobody to replace him. There's simply not really anybody in the squad who can play a bit further back in midfield. So he has to play every week. And we're not scoring nearly enough chances. Again, that's not the manager's fault. So there's things that are out with his control, like individual problems. Things that he can do, as, you, as we're, we're hinting at, is he could probably try a little bit of tactical flexibility and just think about it when teams are, have everyone behind the ball. Um, our wingers are very, very wide. They hug the touchline. Maybe that's something that could be looked at because we don't score that many from crosses. No. And why can't, And there might be another way to utilise the width. Um, 
maybe create room for the fullbacks, but maybe the wingers could tuck in a bit. Maybe like when Mackay's attacking, maybe Aduba could come over as a second attacker. Maybe he could be more central. I think hugging the touchline is something we could maybe look at. Um, maybe an extra body in midfield for four four two. I know it's not a popular uh, shape these days, but maybe an extra man in midfield might help. Um, if no one is tactically good enough to play the role that he wanted John Eustace to do, maybe an extra body, maybe two people doing it. Mm. Um, maybe contract the runners better, or you know, cover the space. And little things like the defence. I personally, when the fullbacks push on, I wouldn't have the centre half split. 20 yards apart, I don't think that's a good idea. And I think you mentioned that actually in one of the points recently. Um, but I would have one attacking, one and one sort of sweeping up behind, mm. much closer to each other, because the space between them, you can drive a bus through. And I don't think Wilson or Kieran are fast enough for a foot race. If someone gets through that gap, they're not going to catch them. No, the, the pace that we have at the back comes from the, the two fullbacks, and you're right, when they're going forward, then that, that does leave us a wee bit exposed at the back. I think that in terms of what we can do as you say we, we need to look at, at shape and, and there are times where you think we could easily sacrifice one of the wingers to put somebody in midfield with Halliday yep um, and I think that that it's looked like that quite a few times I mean you can even go to three at the back if you want but I do think that there are days where we need somebody else in there to win the scrap uh, and also I think sometimes we need to be able to mix it up a bit more the corners have become I think a source of frustration for a lot of people because the manager has this belief that well you know you very you can, you can give away possession and there's a chance you're gonna uh, if you do that by chucking it in we don't have a lot of players who are great in the air so the chances are they'll come away with the ball yeah okay uh, if we're playing a, a team that's better than us on paper if you like fair enough but with all due respect Livingston we can take the risk of giving the ball away we yes. should be able to get it back. So, and I wouldn't even mind it, but we're taking these corners and we're not scoring anyway. So let's try something different. Uh, the last game at Ibrox, I noticed that the teams were setting up for it all the time because he knew what was coming. Whereas if we mix it up, say one and three's going into the box, yeah. even then they can't set so solidly, knowing that this is what's going to happen. This is what's coming into the box, and I think that would be a massive help. I think. Funnily enough, I was just about to say that. Um... It's not just the short corners, it's the fact that because teams know it's happening, they're pressing to such an extent that the ball usually ends up on the halfway line. Mm. It's not like we, we take a short corner to the edge of the box. We're about 20 yards back from that. Oh, the amount of times that we're taking a short yeah. corner and we're ended up on the halfway line, all joking aside, it is happening and it's happening regularly enough to be a thing of discussion at the games, you know? Yeah. And I don't know why you can't even put... I, I, this is maybe me and you know perspective you know some things David are big and some things are far away yes I, I believe so I saw a documentary um, about it years yeah. ago where that expo- was explained it's a difficult concept but Kieran looks like a big lad to me yeah yeah. why could he not jump up there and head the ball yeah you would think guys like Kieran Wilson ball should be able to, to do a bit better in the air and as I say just occasionally if we get the delivery right occasionally yeah one and three even yeah. You, you know you get yeah. the delivery right and you and somebody times a run right then you've you've got an opportunity so yeah I mean I would I would look to to, to improve on it now this is not meant to be negative because it's not you know it, it's been ludicrously suggested to the manager at press conferences this week you know as a bit of a crisis and as he points out we've lost one and drawn one of, of 15 or so matches so it's it's silly to say that, but you know we do have a challenge from Hibs. Hibs are 
hanging on in there in terms of getting results and their confidence is obviously up from that win against us a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and it was always going to be this way there was going to be a challenge I still look supremely confident that mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're more than good enough to, to get over the line but this is the way it is and the teams are starting to say right okay you blew us all the way early in the season it was a new thing we hadn't seen you now they're settling in and they're making it difficult for us and that's something as well that the manager will be new to where He's now at, if you like, a big club, and it's a big club in this division especially, but you're at a big club where, against Brentford, teams probably couldn't get away with just sitting in um, and making it tough because their fans would go, this is only Brentford, go and beat them. Yeah. Whereas at Rangers, you know, Livy can do that, and on Saturday did. Livy could sit 10 men behind the ball and go, go on then. You know, we're, we're yeah. quite happy to just sit here and do this. And that is a difficult challenge if you're not used to it so that's when we do need to be a wee bit more innovative and say right okay we need to mix this up and we need to make the yes. most now in che- big, sorry go on sorry the big problem with being a, a purist the one last thing I'll say about it is I really admire the way Mark Warburton wants to play football and we all do after the absolute mess we've watched the last few years yeah Yeah. but the problem with it is, is now, I don't want to come over eaten by egg okay? yeah you do actually well I do yeah Um the horrible phrase the worst phrase in the world ticky tacky <laughs> but if you watch Barcelona or Bayern or teams that play that way it works under certain circumstances and I know Mark Warburton wants to do something like that with the high line and the pressing and the passing and the problem is the circumstances whereby it works I don't know if our squad is quite talented enough to do it all the time I think what you see now is simply do you remember like Bayern a couple of times in the last couple of years when it comes to spring? Mm-hmm. They slow down a bit and they get pumped in the last semi-final. Yeah, yeah. And you have Barca just after Pep left at first and they got managers in who were mates of the play, like Messi's mate. Yeah, Tata. Who told him to just take it easy. And see when the pace and the intensity drops, it's such an easy system to defend against. It what really is just pointless. I think uh, we're recording this on the Thursday night and Manchester United last night I think have sometimes got a bit of the same problem that they can pass it and pass it and pass it and pass it and have loads of possession and their, their pass completion stats are massive but they're not troubling the opposition because they're not doing it in the right areas they're certainly not doing it at pace and I was struck watching Manchester United when they were playing against PSV that it was sort of um, redolent of us when it's not going our way and obviously the level is completely different before anyone says I'm comparing uh, I, I know it's it's a completely different level what I'm saying is is just it's that sort of way where you know that they're struggling to come up with the ideas to break down resolute defences and uh, that's yep. a concern for us Kenny Miller got another year uh, your thoughts? Um, at first I thought it was tied into coaching it kind of is Kind of is, but then the press conference made it out to be it was a playing contract, which I don't get. If it's tied into coaching, then I get it. If it's playing only, then beats me. I think he's spent now. Never mind next year in the SPL. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that myself. Uh, I think he's a good pro, and I think they enjoy having him about the place, and I think that he's a good example for the youngsters uh, in a Ray Wilkins style. But I agree, I, I certainly wouldn't be seeing much of a role for him um, at a higher level and, and a year older because there's been nothing in this spell since he's come back to suggest that he's any more than an occasional substitute bit part player but you know I do trust the gaffer and I do trust Sir David so we'll see what uh, we'll, we'll see what they come up with now we can't really talk about it because you know laws are subdued and all the rest of it so I'm not going to talk about the court case but Charles Green uh, lost in a bid to 
have Rangers pay his legal costs for his upcoming trial. Um, bit of good news, because according to the blogosphere that Rangers were going to be in the hook for this to the tune of £7 million a year. Yes, although the, the blogosphere has been wrong before. Well, um, oh, it's fact, probably, every time you, you don't even need to have the word before, really, yes. when it comes to, to um, the, the bloggers who write about us. What I would say is, though, it worries me to an extent, though, David, about the whole independence thing, because you know I'm not a fan, right? No. But I think, you think, can Scotland stand its own two feet? Then you think how many finance experts we've got in this country. That's mm, true. I mean, maybe it'll be fine. I mean, all these yesers and Celtic fans, they all seem to be chartered accountants. Yeah, that's true. And so maybe it'll be a strong, strong financial nation, judging by the blogosphere. Well, given that last year it turned out that we had more... Um, that we had more money from gambling revenue than from oil revenue, then I, I have my doubts. But uh, yes, you're correct there. Also, the continuing ongoing battle between Mike Ashley, um, sort of rotund owner of Newcastle United and annoyance at Rangers, and Dave King continues apace with both of them sort of slinging a bit of mud this week in statements. Um, Mike Ashley, fat bastard, can't wait for him to fuck off. That bit sums well, it up. Well, and I'll just add for the record... Um, See that Mike Ashley? He's a... Fucking hell, Scott. Um, well, you know, uh, and that's all oh, I'm saying God, about him. No, here, right, I don't like the guy, but there's no way that if he'd been doing that to, to them that he wouldn't be facing some sort of censure by the law. All I'll say is it seemed to fit. Uh, no smoke without fire. Exactly. I mean, we started the smoke. But well, yeah, we lit the fire, but... Exactly. But there is smoke. No one can deny... The, the smoke. The smoke, yeah. right. Over there, that's smoke. Yes, you and me stink of petrol and are currently carrying us at a half-empty box of matches, but that's neither here nor in fact there. Okay, right, the reason we have Scott is not for his football knowledge. This has become patently clear over the last few years. This is not why Scott comes to the party. Scott comes to the party for many reasons, but the main one, ladies and gentlemen, yes, yes, it's the Sporting Integrity Award. The Sporting Integrity Award is when we look around the world of sport, oh, mainly Scottish football, let's be honest, and see who has made the biggest Stuart Reagan slash Neil Doncaster of themselves over the past week or so. Bit disappointing, Scott, this year. The Celtic AGM passed, and it, it was too much. Usually you're expecting a whole host of stuff, but this year they're too busy calling their own fans racists to make a joke about you know Sevco, so bit of a disappointment really, wasn't it? Things aren't what they used to be, David. It took eight minutes for them to mention Rangers. Eight minutes? Yeah. Was just, it a fire alarm? I, I, it's just Did they have to clear the room? Oh, they're, they're slipping. They really are slipping. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you, you, you have to love them. But Celtic, the only, the only club I know who, in a calendar year, have been labelled by, by their own club, smelly racists. Yes. And I think no smoke without fire. As we've just established. No stench without, well, Celtic. Celtic, exactly. And just to set the scene, you know how at the start of this you always introduce uh, sporting integrity? Yeah. You look for examples of sporting integrity. Did you see, was it last week or this week, up popped uh, Mitchell? Yeah, Roger Mitchell. Little Roger Mitchell, Mitchell, yeah. Talking about how the Scottish game has to thrive and how mistakes have been made in the past by administrators. Yeah. Now, is it just me? Yes, I know. It's, uh, he was a curious little one I remember brilliantly now 
younger listeners might not know this, but believe it or not, there was a time when um, Sky was interested in Scottish football and used to show it every week. And the sh- 1998-2002, and a lot of the luster was coming off Scottish football by 2002, but we still had enough in the tank, and it wasn't that far removed from the Halcyon days a few years before, that Sky came in with an offer of £48 million pounds for four years. And Roger Mitchell at the SPL knocked it back and waited for Sky's next offer, which was, aye, all right then. Uh, and they left, because Scottish football is, oh, what's the word I'm about? Shite. And they went, to be honest, we only kind of have it on as background while we're waiting for, you know, the, the EPL to kick off. So we'll just, we'll buy the championship instead. And uh, Scottish football then was, the BBC bought it for, a, what was it, 9 million? Something like 20? £2.15 a bag of tracks. Yeah, something. 20 quid and uh, a set of sandwiches. And uh, since then we've been fucked. So, yeah. Although in fairness, I think you've missed the most important part, which was Masterstroke that was SPL TV. Yeah, this was a, a belter. These clubs were uh, going to run their own TV channel, which people were going to flock to to buy in a subscription service. It's like, oh my god, right? Yes. They, has nobody figured that Scottish football is, as I said before, shite? Um, I only watch the parts of it I have to because the club I support are in it. Yes. But certainly not for fun. You know, oh God, no. it would be like going to the, the, the like it would be like going to a children's you know, like charity concert Christmas nativity thing when it wasn't your child who was there and you didn't have to. Now you wouldn't do that unless you were, you know, a nonce, right? Yes. Oh, speaking of nonces, right? The John Lewis advert mm-hmm. with the guy on the moon. Yeah. You have two young daughters. If one of them came to you and said, Daddy, we need to buy a telescope. Oh, this is lovely, right? What do you need a telescope for? Oh, there's an old fella across the road who looks at me and it would be a lot easier for him to see me if he had a telescope. Now, would you A, give her the money, B, phone the police, or C, phone the police? E, community justice. Yeah, well, yes. Um, uh, yeah. I'd get Natalie up to help me with that. Uh, now, 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 come on. Come on. Uh, yes, we, we don't sorry, know what Right. Um, There's I'd pictures p- on social media of uh, a certain Labour MP out with champagne. Yes, uh, Margaret Curran. I'm Thank sure that was that. unconnected yeah, to the well, event. Well, um, no, it's, it's an interesting one, but you'll put, we have to presume... I, I love this, by the way, from... Um, People who've wanted Rangers hung, drawn and quartered consistently. We have to assume that she's innocent uh, till proven guilty. So um, just any jokes that you're planning, if you write them down and we'll just revisit them in six months when everything, yes. <laughs> when everything's done and dusted and we can't get in trouble. So, uh, yeah, so uh, Pupied uh, Roger Mitchell, is uh, he's kind of sport integrity we're talking about, folks. It's that level. Yeah. Um, or lower. Right. Now, do you have any funny story? Well, David, can I ask you first, what's the name of that Real Madrid goalie again? Kaylor Navas. Is that the one that said run about about? That's him, yeah. Okay. David. Yes. Do you remember my old seat at I... Yes. Yes. Do you remember my old seat at Ibrox? Yes. And you would join me. I would. And there was a man who's a regular in his habits. Yes. And I don't mean the lavatory. I don't mean even when he arrived. What would he shout every single game? Like uh, the bull Kaylor, as it turned out this week, he would shout, 
Come on, Rangers, run about a bit. Run about a bit. Now, I was. I used to think this was stupid and retrograde. And in and fact, we, it, it's been a running meme on this show for years, hasn't it? Run about a bit. The running we about a bit. Top, top footballers don't believe that. Coaches don't. That's not a thing in top level football. No, it's idiots at Fatbar that go and Fatbar. Right, it's idiots yeah. at Scottish Fatbar that have no clue about the actual game and shout things like "Get in the box" and "Run about a bit" until Taylor Navis this week who urged his teammates to improve by running about a bit. He did. He, bit. They're all they're all sitting like, "Tell him what he said." He said, "We're not in a crisis yet, but we do need to get better. We need all to run about a bit." And that—that's a quote. Yes. Yeah. So, guy behind me, hey. You were right all, all this time. Maybe it was Rafa Benitez. It was Rafa Benitez. Well, the thing is uh, that I'm actually heartbroken for Kenny Miller because this comes out in the week that he's just signed this new deal. I know. But he's joined Real, yes. Real Madrid could have talked to him in January. Yeah. Well, the reason I know the guy behind me wasn't actually Rafa Benitez, though, is because the guy behind me, he didn't change his left back after 70 minutes every week. Yeah, because he was 67% fit, and that's yeah. the time you've got to take him off. So Rafa's going to get sacked soon anyway. So well, it doesn't matter. Real Madrid now. It doesn't matter who the manager is. No, it doesn't matter. Um, there was talk after the. Uh, by the way, Barcelona. You know, no matter what your feelings of Barcelona or a football club or Suarez or all the rest of it. Um, right now, they're just mesmeric. I mean, I watched obviously the, the the match on Saturday and then the game against Roma. And you know we that famous Arsene Wenger thing. It's like PlayStation football. It actually is at times. Some of the goals are scoring yeah. is is like you know something from FIFA. Uh, just just incredible. And you know anyone can can take a tonkin. But there was a, a kind of set of thinking that basically Perez, who is almost like you know a, a kid with FIFA. He's like, you've got to play all the star players, you've got to play all the star players. And the Benitez went, right, okay, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't, so I might as well do this. And he put out the, the kind of Florentino Perez team, which was four defenders and then literally six attackers. And, of course, they got hammered. And there was a good graphic kicking about where it showed you two lines on the park and there was literally nobody in their midfield. There was a four at the edge of their box, this huge gap, and then six players. It's just, it's absolutely crazy. I think, to be honest, they jumped the shark when he sacked Ancelotti. Oh yeah, for the sake of sacking him. It was just from there, from now on, it's pointless for the managers. There's literally, it doesn't matter. It's Man. unmanageable. Perez there, there's nothing that anybody can do. Man, you should go for him, Ancelotti. Genuinely. Yeah. Genuinely. I think, well this is your thing, isn't it? But, Man United, I don't know. They could still win, they could still win the EPL, but they're a total shapeless mess. Oh, it's terrible to watch. I mean, it's, it's appalling to watch. It's um, awful. They're just terrible. But, and as you say, they're spending so much money. Yeah. I don't know how much longer they can give Van Hal £100 million a, a window. Well, he seems, he seems. The problem that they've got is it's just a, a complete clash of philosophies, and they should have known this because it's not news. But he is happy to win 1 nothing every week, and he has sorted the defence. You cannot argue with that. Well, that defence does not give away goals. He's made Chris Small well, look a, fantastic. No one likes him. He doesn't mind He Chris doesn't him. care. And the fact is, is that they probably will end up winning something. Not the European Cup. They're a hundred miles away from the European Cup. I mean, it's not even close. None of the English teams, I, I think, could live with Barca, Bayern Munich, or even Real Madrid, to be honest. And I'd actually fancy teams that yeah. would would do better as well. I think Juventus, Atletico Madrid, and PSG, PSG, yeah, yeah all look considerably better. But yeah, I mean, it, it could bore them the way. Being the best of a very bad bunch this year, but you know I don't think that's enough of that club. And yeah, Ancelotti, 
everywhere he's been, he just quietly gets on with and does well. I read a good thing the other day about that. There were people saying, you know, of all the sort of big clubs, there's no actual availability. There's no managers of jobs going. Or is there? Yeah. I mean, imagine you imagine the boardrooms now. A lot of people are going, hmm. Yeah, and I, I think Chelsea will be back now yeah. for a new manager on the side. I think that yeah. um, they'd need to go to some clip just to finish top four. And I yes. think they'll keep Mourinho because there's no point changing him now because it's not going to do anything. They can't win the league anyway. But if they don't make top four, then nah, I think it would take a big effort just to do that. But you never know because there's a few teams in there that are struggling for consistency. Anyway... Yes, anyway, we're staying with Keylor Navas. Okay, okay. Stay with Keylor. In Costa Rica, yes. 25 government agents, spooks, spies, David, call them what you Thank will. Thank God. Have been suspended pending so, criminal charges. So you're talking about Costa Rica. I said, I thought you said another word there that had an SP and a C sound in it. No, no. <laughs> right? I was like, yes. can you say that? No, I, I'm not going to. Don't worry, I'm not going to get us taken offline. Yeah, that 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 was, was. Oh God, the Twitter police will be all out, all over us. So in Costa Rica, 25 government agents have been suspended. Yes. In the criminal charges, we using the restricted spy database. Spy on national goalkeeper Kela Navas while he was at the World Cup. The bastards. Inquiry said that they'd access the database simply as fanboys. Right. Find out stuff about the movements of the team and leak it to the press. But one of the cases, one agent made multiple attempts to check out the availability and status of Navas's two sisters. <laughs> <laughs> and the government have decided there was no possible justification for the intrusion by the spies. So they basically used the database to find out a little bit more about the World Cup squad. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have gone to see Spectre recently uh, and other James Bond movies. Whereas I can guarantee you that what spies do is essentially just a better version of what call centre workers do, which is get the details of a famous person and then have a snoop about. And they're bin. Yeah, that, that's essentially what they do. Let's, let, let's yes. train the drone. Um, or let's let's, let's train the drone onto the girl from the Coral Adverts shower. That's you would like to you would like to that, wouldn't you? Oh man, those adverts. The, the adverts are terrible, but that 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 lady is a honey. What I will say is this, and I know when I'm watching it, the blonde girl, you know, folks in the, the advert. Yeah, we're betting. David Steinway, and I know, and I share this, and this is a public forum. We shouldn't be talking about this, but there's nothing at all beats British. Oh yeah, yeah. High street honeys. Yeah, absolutely. Like, That's slightly because you look at the American ones, right? And they're all just so glam, right? And they're all just... They're, they're too perfect, right? Whereas you're really good-looking, but still slightly grubby, still a kind of stench of council estate coming off them, bit of blap, can he beat it? He can't whack it with a big stick. It's no. just fantastic. Um, so Probably could whack it with a big stick if you paid <laughs> enough. I'm sure if you... Probably you know so. Not her uh, specifically, just in case, no. you know... She's listening, but I'm just saying that these young blonde kinda, high street honeys yeah, are available. These young glamour ladies, especially with FHM closing now, I always yeah. fucking hated FHM even when I was younger. It, it was just the most dishonest. If you want a wank mag, buy a fucking wank mag. And all these guys going, no, I'm just buying it for the grooming product. Get the fuck right. If you need a magazine to tell you what kind of fucking hair gel to get, you are a dick. Going to watch. I was thinking about this all day, David. I was thinking back to a great holiday we had in France. Do you remember? Yes. Vaguely. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those were the days, yeah. my friends. Bits of, shall we say, yeah. And uh, David and I went to the local shop 
folks came. And imagine our surprise with that, I mean, shock when the first thing we came across, literally, <laughs> yeah. there was a magazine called Top Model Anal. Yeah. So David said to me, my, my God, Alinda Evangelista. Yes. <laughs> Christy Turlington, Cindy Crawford. No. No. They went, they went in it, were they? No. But what I can say is that it's remarkable the amount of... See, I'll, I'll never be surprised at childbirth now, even though I've never had any children and don't plan on having any. That given the amount of stuff that these ladies could get up the back entrance, it doesn't surprise me they could get a hell of a lot more out the front one. I Let's mean, just say that. Yeah. But, but we are going to draw a veil over. Later that holiday, we saw a magazine called In the Ass of Your Sister. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't even, we didn't even check. Yeah, you're, you know, it would have been just so awkward at family parties, wouldn't it? Too awful if it had been correct. Yeah. So, Palermo coach. Ha, <laughs> that's a nice story, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's what they tell the kids. Yeah, Palermo coach Beppe Iacchini. Okay. Asked about president. Now I love Maurizio Zamperini because he sacked more more people than uh, he's got Alan Sugar, hasn't he? Yes, he, he absolutely has. He loves it. So Beppe Yankini was asked about president Maurizio Zamperini, publicly talking about sacking him. Ah, the president he was making a joke. For me it's jokes, he's such a funny guy. I love Mr. Zamperini. With him it's jokes everywhere. If he wasn't happy he'd sack me. Guess what he did the next day. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, magnificent. Uh, so it wasn't that. that funny, really, was it? No, you have um, to love that. Friend of the pod, uh, Louis Lulu Nicolene. Oh, I love Louis Lulu Nicolene. Um, folks, get online and look at his Mohican that he did when they won the league. Just He's 72 and he's yeah. got a Mohican. And he he's is men- mental. He's mental. Montpellier, this is him. Chair, uh, chairman slash owner. This is him giving coach Roland Kirby's his full backing, David. Right. right. This, is, this is his full backing, OK? I'm keeping him, however... Some of his signings are shit and total losers. <laughs> we have to be honest about this. There's an 85% chance that I will sack him next season, just not this season. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's, you know, I, I hate to be a cliche and just go with an old favourite, but he's, let's face it, he's, he's running away with it this week, isn't he? I, I'm, I actually tempted to stop there because he's won, hasn't he? Yeah, he has won, right. Time for, time for one more. One more, I think, is that it's a slightly sadder story, but from Romania, which always cheers us up, doesn't it? It um, does. It's 29-year-old FC Brasov player, Razan Avram, set up home in the club's changing rooms. Okay. He couldn't afford a house for him or a flat or a pub, and it got smaller and smaller until they couldn't even afford a hostel place for him. So he said, I couldn't take it, I had nowhere to live, so now I sleep in the changing rooms. There's a heater, and there's a massage table I can sleep on. Maybe it's better this way. On the plus side, you wake up and... Go for a shower and you're at work. Exactly. Think of this, the commuting, the money saving commuting. Well, actually, um, Howard Kendall did that when he was at Athletic, Athletic Bilbao. When he yeah. first, when he, yeah, when he first moved there, he slept in his office, which I dare say was a bit more luxurious than where this lad's staying. But yeah, he said that he's like they had beds for the players to sleep in. So what he did was he just kept some stuff in his. Uh, rather than you know like hang about a hotel all the time, he just kept some stuff in his office uh, you know his main clothes in that back at a hotel but he would just keep it the, the training ground it was lovely and warm obviously and there was you know people there to cook food and stuff so yeah he just stayed there went out at night um, and then woke up as he said woke up had a shower got in his training kit and was it was at work which is in complete contrast is just down the road when Chris Coleman was at Sociedad yes and uh, what did he get sacked for he went, was going to a British 90s 80, uh, indie disco <laughs> 
on a work night and he'd get at five in the morning Sla- yeah, Slag Chris Coleman he's married to that, that lady from uh, Sky Sports yes and then you're not and- and I'm not. He's also very, 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 very swarthy. Yeah, you can just tell that. Again, you know, when we talked about the ladies' front bottoms before, you can just tell that his shaft is going to look like someone has basically swept up an entire barber shop floor after a day and just rubbed it uh, yep. around about a pole. He obviously, like, shaves in the morning and 15 minutes later. Yeah. He, he has that going on, but uh, well, he's going to the Euros. Um, I think yeah. everybody is except Gordon Strachan. To be honest, the only countries that didn't qualify were Scotland, Kyrgyzstan, and Andorra. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't, I don't think. But you know, uh, what's like is exactly well, Kyrgyzstan and Andorra. <laughs> it I think so, yes. uh, okay, well, the um, winner of this week's Sporting Integrity Award is Louis Nikolai Lulu. Right, that's pretty much it from us this week. All that remains for me to do is to tell you guys so you can get in touch with us. It's been a wee while, so please uh, follow us on the Twitter. It's uh, at ha- uh, sorry, it's not. It's at Ibrox Rocks. Heart behind is the account, but it's at Ibrox Rocks. And you can also follow Scott on uh, at, at Scott Hart Hand. You can email us, it's uh, ibroxrocks at playbackmedia.co.uk or you can come and talk to us on Facebook with just search for Hart and Hand Rangers Podcast on Facebook. All I then need to do is to thank our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles, to thank our sound engineer, Mr Charlie Ashworth, and of course, to thank the man, the myth, the legend, he's back, it's been great having him, Mr Scott Van Den Acker. It's great to be back. I mean, bad tactics of Romania, a hardcore pornography. Just yeah, that, that yep. is, it's like the old days. It's a classic, you know. It's, yes. it's a great hits tour, but it's what the, the punters pay their money for. My name's David Edgar. I'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> This show is brought to you in association with Labbooks. Just click the link on the description to the show, sign up and get a free bet up to £50 when you enter the promo code LAD50. Go on, do it. This is a Playback Media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network.